You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Packers fans. Another Vikings week is upon us. Zach Rapport here with the APC podcast. Follow, like, subscribe. Typical internet pandering at the APC pod on Twitter. Thanks to the handful of you guys that followed us there after my undignified begging earlier this week. You pushed us over 800 and my ego has been at least temporarily stroked. So thank you for that. Anyway, we are here today to preview this weekend's game, Packers, Vikings, what the heck has happened across the border this season? Well, our buddy Arif Hassan is here to fill us in and uh, preview that matchup. So without further jibber-jabber from me, let's just get right into it. Hope you guys enjoy it. The number you dialed company. Happy to be joined now by our good buddy Arif Hassan at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. Follow him there. Covers the Vikings for the Athletic. Um, we're just flying by the seat of our pants here, Arif. In the middle of the, of the of the day, I'm taking ten minutes off work. You just woke up from a nap. How are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm good. I just woke up from a nap, so we've got that going for me. Yes, you feel empowered now to uh, get the rest of your day done, or no? You're just gonna loaf around and stand and stand at an open fridge door for the rest of the day yeah absolutely loafing around (laughs) loaf status um yeah so welcome back to the show i mean speaking of uh loaf status getting right into it (laughs) talking about the uh the minnesota vikings here the next contest for the packers and um i you know we, we we've had you on a lot over the years and i i don't want to um insult you but i I am struggling with where to start here with the Vikings because our our expectations, at least mine as a Packers fan, was really worried about them at the beginning of the season, and and I had high expectations for them. And as far as I can tell, watching from afar, and I've only seen a game or two, including um, the first matchup with the Packers, they've been pretty bad. Are they they a bad team? Is it a series (laughs) of unfortunate events? What's the bring us up to speed here with sort of the general feeling so far? Right. So if the question is, hey, are they like an average team that happened to be unlucky or are they a bad team or whatever? I would th- I would think that the answer is somewhere in the middle. Obviously, their performance against the Falcons was, was pretty abysmal. But, uh, you know, the fact that they, uh, you know, brought it close to Tennessee, brought it close to the Seahawks indicates that there's some level of talent there yeah. that at times they can tap into. Um, but I, I would argue overall, you know, that they're a pretty bad team. Yeah. Um, so they've suffered from some bad luck. I, I think both of those games are a good example of that. Uh, and they've suffered from just poor execution, which is a sign of a bad team. Um, it's almost, you would argue, the definition of a bad team, even. <laughs> um, which uh, which is what happened in the other uh, 
three games that they lost. So, you know, they, they beat the Texans, which is great, but uh, it was right before the coach got fired and the Texans are apparently a new team now. So, uh, yeah, that first loss, week one to the Packers, the second loss, week two to uh, to the Colts, uh, and then uh, the loss most recently to the Falcons are really not indications of bad luck and they're really much more indications of a team that just can't uh, take care of business. So, yeah, they've had good moments, uh, and so I think they're certainly better than a lot of teams vying for a top five pick, but um, which is you know unfortunate in some ways. But I don't think that they're an average or a good team. But they they can surprise. You know, uh, I this is definitely a team that uh, you remember when Pitt used to beat the number one college team for like a couple of years in a row for <laughs> yeah. like no reason and then lose the rest <laughs> of their schedule. I feel like the Vikings have that potential. <laughs> yeah, just an annoy. They can play an annoying spoiler, but for the most part, yeah. their fans are not going to be happy throughout the year. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just like, well, we shouldn't have. Because the thing about Pitt, or like I think Mizzou did that too, is you don't lose the number one overall pick in the high school draft or anything like that. You just. (laughs) So that's the problem, right? Is that, you know, the Vikings can. uh, This happened in 2010 when the Vikings beat uh, Philadelphia on the Tuesday night game. I thought it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Uh, Also, they lost out on Andrew Luck as a result of that. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So that's the that's the potential cost of the Vikings doing what they do, which, uh, yeah, this is certainly a candidate for that kind of game. Yeah. Well, now they're locked into Cousins for a good while, and uh, we can we can touch on that in a moment. But I want to start. You mentioned some of those early Vikings losses. Defense um, has been a problem in those games historically. The last couple of years, defense has not been a problem. Uh, I was surprised. um the first time these two teams faced off to have the Packers hang 40 plus um, on this defense. And this time around, uh, uh, you know, the the first game, I feel like there were a few players that may- maybe Packers fans weren't familiar with in the usual pantheon of Vikings defensive players. But this time around, uh, I don't know who Packers fans are going to recognize on the defense. A lot of injuries. Can you talk about sort of the state of the defense and even just who's going to be out there? Who can we expect to see? Uh Great question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Google. Vikings uh, <laughs> fielded a, a totally new quarterback group against the Packers. Uh, so I believe that group was Jeff Gladney, uh, Holton Hill, and um, Mike Hughes. I don't think it, uh, Cameron Dancer was available for that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, no, Jeff Gladney wasn't available. Cameron Dancer was. Yeah. Um, well, that that is inverted itself. Cameron Dancer is no, uh, no longer available because he's on the COVID reserve. Uh, protocol is on the list. Uh, and then uh, their fourth cornerback, Chris Boyd, was limited in practice. Um, that is really just an indication that he stretched. Uh, he did not really participate in practice. Um, so we'll see what his availability on game day is. And then uh, the two uh, starters did not practice, Holton Hill and Mike Hughes. Um, so they are left with uh, potentially Chris Boyd, uh, definitely Jeff Gladney, who struggles, uh, and has struggled over the over the course of the past couple of games. Uh, and then um, probably Mark Field, who's a seventh-round rookie from last year. Packers fans might remember him because he was on the Chiefs in the preseason, and Aaron Rodgers hurdled him, I think. Um, so <laughs> if you remember that play, that's him. Uh, <laughs> um, that's the cornerback group. And then, like you said, Anthony Barr is out. Eric Wilson will be taking his spot. Um, luckily, the Vikings uh, have... 
uh, seen fit to promote Troy Die or uh, move, uh, move him from injured reserve. That was it. So luckily, Troy Die is uh, back from injured reserve, so their depth there is a little bit better than it was. Um, and and he's got some potential. I'm sure Packers fans have been looking at linebackers in every year's draft, so he might be familiar to uh, to some Packers fans as a as kind of a coverage specialist. Um, so he's somebody that might end up in the game because their third linebacker situation is just really brutal. Um, you know, sometimes it's Todd Davis, former Broncos. Sometimes it's Ryan Connolly, former Giant. Um, I think it might be Troy Die. The downside to that is that. Uh, typically the third linebacker is in your base package and it's pretty good against the run. And the Vikings have had that in Ben Gedeon, but Ben Gedeon has been injured all year like he was all last year. And so uh, he's a, and, and so Troy Dye comes in, he's a coverage guy. Uh, and so there might be some opportunity for Jamal Williams or, you know, if Aaron Jones is healthy, it doesn't look like he will be. Um, you know, whoever, A.J. Dillon, doesn't really matter. Um, so there's that opportunity, I think, available to the Packers to be able to run the ball. Uh Daniil Hunter out for the season. Unique Ngakwe traded. Um, so the guys that'll play are Afadi Adenabo, um, who has started a number of games for the Vikings. Uh, he's fine, I think. Uh, and then Jalen Holmes uh, is the other defensive end. He is recently. He was recently a defensive tackle, so that uh, might tell you a little bit about him. <laughs> uh, and then behind him is Eddie Yarbrough, who was pretty good in the preseason for the Bills. Started a couple of games for the Bills a while back, but. It's about oh, and DJ Wanham, uh, the the rookie from the fourth round last year. So that's that's what it is at edge rusher. So those are the changes from week one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was taking notes there because that's a lot of names I don't recognize. <laughs> yeah, well, mostly just uh, down arrow next to every name from week one. Oh. It's like oh, that defense did not do well. Well, well, that guy's out, but it's a downgrade, and that guy's out, and that's a downgrade, and yeah. that guy's out, and that's a downgrade. So that's what it looks like and i'm sure the vikings will only allow 20 points somehow i don't really know how this team works <laughs> it's a mystery uh you mentioned brutal linebacker situations i feel like that's somewhere where packers fans and vikings fans can reach across the aisle meet in the middle <laughs> shake hands and <laughs> a little bit a little bit at least the vikings have eric hendricks so that's um yeah i don't know is, is that the equivalent to when Clay matthews finally moved inside and oh, played God. a little bit of inside yeah, linebacker maybe. i don't know uh, you mentioned Yannick and Gakwe. Yannick not going to work here anymore. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, so I think part of it is that the Vikings, uh, specifically Spielman, the general manager, and, and Zimmer, um, were given probably some assurances that they're not going to be fired at the end of this year, uh -huh. which allows them to make some long-term moves. Um, Gakwe wasn't working out. He would likely cost a lot in free agency just because of his overall talent level. He might not be a scheme fit for the Vikings. Um, you know, he's a stand-up rusher and uh, is probably better rushing from one side than the other. And so that makes it kind of difficult to mix him in with Neil Hunter next year when they get him back. Plus, the Vikings don't have a ton of cap space. So if he wasn't producing at a really high level, um, they wouldn't have been able to justify spending all of that cap space that they don't have on him and, and moving stuff around. They already moved a ton of money around. Uh, and potentially almost lost Riley Reef, their offensive tackle, in restructuring um, in order to get uh, Ngakwe on the roster in the first place. So uh, they paid uh, what is looking to be a pretty high second-round pick um, and uh, got him for six games, but really five because he didn't do much in that first game, um, and, uh, and are now shipping him off and dropping about 50 spots in the draft with that pick. So that's <laughs> how much that six-game rental cost them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I fundamentally, I think he's a good player. Uh, his PFF grade was not great. His PFF numbers were not great. Um, I thought he played a little bit better than that um, indication. 
but uh, his sacks were a little deceptive. He was either unblocked or they were coverage sacks, so you can't really point to that and say he, you know, he was doing really amazingly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't really know where the pass rush is going to come from um, or the coverage. Do you think so those are the what, two things I'm worried about? Yeah, was, or the run defense actually? I'm worried about that too. Well, do you think moving on from it? Do you think that? My interpretation from the outside is that signing him was one of those moves where it's like, oh, we're, we almost we we think we're ready to compete for a Super Bowl. We need that one last player. And then uh, moving on so quickly is like almost reversing course and going, oops, nope, other direction. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so a little bit. The only issue with that is that Ngakwe is the kind of player you trade for if you're also doing a long-term build, yeah. right? Because he's so young. He's like 24 or something like that. Uh, and so he is the kind of player that you want on your team and to sign to a long-term deal. Uh, and so any sort of long-term rebuild would usually include a player of his profile in it. Yeah. I think you're right that that you know the initial trade was with that in mind. I'm also really confident they don't make that trade without some belief sorry about that i had to move around a little bit uh some belief in uh daniel hunter returning uh i think this is before um so this is after they had the mri on hunter and and found a potential problem but i think before they realized how long term the problem would be so i think they made the trade with the presumption that daniel hunter would return at some point i don't think it was to replace him uh and so that I mean, I think that would have been pretty terrifying yeah. for defenses if that had worked out. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I, I think that was the idea behind it. And Hunter, you know, going uh into surgery the same day they traded Ngakwe, I think that is fairly telling. Yeah. Is uh, Yannick Ngakwe for you going to be one of those players you see around the league for the next few years? And it's like the uh, the Wolverine meme of like crying, looking at a photo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that possibility exists. Um. I don't, uh, I don't. I don't think that a lot. Like I think it's one of those instances where if he performs well somewhere else, a lot of people will just be like, "Well, he wasn't a scheme fit here, so mm. it wouldn't have worked out yeah. either way." So there's there's that um, you know coping mechanism, if you will. <laughs> uh, well, uh, in speaking about Ngakwe, you mentioned sort of the 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 staff having assurances that they're not going to be fired at the end of the year in terms of um, in terms of moving on. Um, but speaking of assurances that you're not going to be fired at the end of the year, Kirk Cousins, because <laughs> you can't <laughs> quite move on, stuck with him for a while. And I say stuck, maybe maybe you like him, I don't know. But my interpretation, again, from the outside is that he's worse this year than usual. What's your sort of overall feeling on his performance so far this year? Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely worse. This is like the worst year of his career. Um <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, I think that says uh, two things. One, that he's obviously he's not playing very well. Um, but two, that he is a better quarterback than this, right? Uh, and uh, and, and I, I don't think it's it makes sense to project this level of play going forward for him, especially coming out of the bye. Yeah. Um, I, I think he'll play better. Um, but the thing is, it's this is not a case where you know, again, where they've gotten unlucky and, you know, a, a couple of passes have deflected off of a receiver's hands and it become interceptions or, um, you know, there have been drops that have hurt his yards per attempt. No, he's legitimately playing very poorly. Like, it's not an instance where, you know, we, we expect it to kind of rebound as a matter of course. Um, I, I imagine that whatever has made him a relatively good quarterback, you know, whatever 
um, you think of him, you know, I think he's been better than than you know fifteenth usually um, among quarterbacks. Uh, whatever has made him a relatively good quarterback, I think that they'll probably go back to that at some point. Um, this uh, uh, as a result of the bye week at some point this season. So um, I would imagine him to be able to continue to push down the field. Um, I don't think they'll use a ton of play action against the Packers. I mean, that's something that they did a lot the last last year, and it just went very, very poorly. Um, they were much better uh, in standard dropbacks against the Packers than than in play action, and I think it's because they just sent Zedarius Smith to attack Cousins no matter what. Yeah, good, good move. Um, <laughs> and and I think that they're very wary of that. So he's usually good under play action. He's probably not going to implement that this week against the Packers. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that they'll consider. So I, I think he'll be better going forward. I don't know how much better. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, like, I don't know what it is about his level of play this year that, like, I mean, I, he usually sees underneath linebackers in zone, right? Like, it's not a normal problem for him to just throw it directly to, like, Deion Jones or whatever. Like, that's very weird for him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's not a mistake. There's no miscommunication. It's not like, hey, Justin Jefferson ran the wrong route. He's a rookie. No, he just, like, threw the pass poorly, right? He read the defense wrong. Um, so, yeah, I expect him to be better going forward. I'm, I'm a little baffled, but this is the worst year of his career. I don't expect it to get a ton um, worse, uh, and I certainly expect at some point it'll get a little bit better. You know, maybe... Maybe to everyone's chagrin. Maybe they'll, you know, win a couple of games and and play themselves out of a top three quarterback. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some of us Packer fans are, are quick to enjoy saying something like Cousins is actually bad, but I don't think that's fair or true. Um, but you mentioned, you know, pressure and Cousins kind of reacting differently to it than maybe he would have otherwise or, or in the past. To me, that brings to mind the offensive line. You also mentioned Riley Reef a, a, a moment ago. Um, the offensive line is a um, a problem in Minnesota? Is that fair to say? <laughs> I mean, pick a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, again, <laughs> like not not to uh, not not to insult you and your fandom, but is the offensive line ever not a problem in the in the last couple of years? And 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 well, in two thousand nine, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh. uh, what's interesting is um, Riley Reef might be playing the best football of his career. I mean, he's coming off of a a, a bad game, but. Um, against the again the Falcons no less, uh, but he's put together his best pass protecting season I think maybe ever, which is just very weird. Um, so you know in that light the Vikings asked him to take a pay cut by the way, um, but no he's playing really good football. But the problem is, and Garrett Bradbury is playing a lot better at center. Last year he was a bit of a disaster there, and and Brian O'Neill is fine. He's not playing as well as he has the past two years, but he's fine. Um, the problem is the downgrade at guard is so significant. It's so significant that it is difficult to overlook. Um, I don't know if you've been able to catch any of the clips of Drew Smear, Ezra Cleveland playing guard. Nope. And, you know, the left guard is is um, is uh, is Dakota Dozier, and he's not very good either. But have you seen any of the clips of, like, DeForest Buckner throwing Drew Smear around? <laughs> I have not. I've well, uh, I've basically described... He, like, forklifts him, and then he, like, throws him into the... Like, it's just like... He's, like, wrestling, like... <laughs> Drusimi is a jobber, right? Like, it's just like, what are you doing, dude? It's like those old clips that circulate of, uh, like, Reggie White, basically, just like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me. In fact, he Buckner used the hump move on him, and he went flying. Uh, Like, yeah, absolutely like Reggie White. In fact, a lot of people have looked like Reggie White against Drusimi. Throw on on Jeffrey Simmons, uh, throw on DeForest Buckner, and these are not, like, bad players, but, like, 
Jeffrey Simmons, Forrest Buckner, Grady Jarrett, um, you know, those teams have decided, hey, let's line up our best dude against their worst dude and kind of see what happens. Uh, and and we saw what happens. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, and so Drew Samia is an injury replacement for Pat Elfline, who's not very good, but significantly better than Samia. And a lot of fans were asking, well, why isn't Ezra Cleveland playing? And, and I, you know, my opinion is, look, if they decided that Drew Samia was worse than Pat Elfline and the results on the field indicate that that was overwhelmingly the case, I would potentially think that maybe Ezra Cleveland is not all he's cracked up to be, at least as a rookie. And he played last week, and there you go. He was he was as bad as Samia. He didn't commit as many penalties, so the broadcast didn't focus on him as much, but he was as bad. And so that's created a ton of interior pocket pressure. Um, and again, Dakota Dozier has not been very good either. He's had like one or two good games, but mostly he's been very poor in pass protection. So that has led to a ton of pressure up the middle. And again, Brian O'Neill is not playing as well as he typically does. Again, he's he's fine. But, uh, you know, you go up against Darius or Preston Smith, and, and that could be a problem, especially because Preston Smith seems to have returned to form. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I... That offensive line is 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 a huge liability. That in lieu of asking uh, for a prediction, I'll ask the question <laughs> this way: How do the Vikings win this game? What's the scenario you see playing out where the Vikings actually come out with a with a victory here against the Packers? Yeah, well, I, I think that you know obviously it'll take a you know a surprising performance from both the defense and the offense. I think if one of them you know falls to to their their normal level of play that um, they're, they're just not going to be able to keep up. And so uh, I would expect if it's uh, that, that they should or would employ like a, a very high variant strategy, a, a sort of instead of playing safe and losing by 10, we'll either, you know, win by five or lose by 40, like just kind of a boom bust <laughs> strategy. And uh, I think that that would involve a lot of blitzing. Aaron Rodgers is one of the few elite quarterbacks in the NFL. It gets a little bit worse against the blitz than he does, um, you know, against a standard dropback. Um, so I would imagine a lot of blitzing. Um, the problem with blitzes, of course, is that, you know, good quarterbacks throw into the hole left behind in the blitz or um, they'll trust the receiver to win the one-on-one matchup. And um, Adam Thielen said it an hour ago. You know, Devontae Adams is one of the best press man receivers in the league. You know, he's great at coming off of the release and against press. So uh, that and, and you don't want to play off coverage against the blitz because they'll just run a slant and go for like 30 yards. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's going to be, you know, you press your uh, your corners up, um, you take your chances with that matchup, put a safety up top and start blitzing like crazy. Uh, and I think that you might be able to generate a couple of turnovers. You might be able to, to force some errant throws. You might be able to force them to get rid of the ball way too quickly. Uh, and you win a couple of those matchups and you only allow something like 20 points. And I think on offense, it's just throw it deep, you know, just just chuck it up. You got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Um, obviously, throwing it deep is going to be really tough with a with that kind of offensive line. Um, I think that they should experiment with play action um, and, and see if the Packers are, are as committed to um, crashing down at the quarterback as they were before. And if they are, um, you know, give the ball to Dalvin Cook. Last time that happened, you know, he was able to, to generate, you know, six, seven yards of carry and he'll be healthy for this game. Uh, and so I think that's what it looks like. I think it's kind of experiment with high variance plays uh, on offense. If it doesn't work, go to the run game because it's one of the few instances where a run game can be as efficient yep. as a passing game. If the backers are that committed to abandoning the run in order to attack the quarterback. Um, and if not, you know, I, I think Jerry Alexander is one of the one of the best corners in the league. I, I 
I highlighted him in our Players of the Week piece uh, for the Athletic last week. Um, even though he didn't log his statistic just on the All-22, he was just amazing, right? Uh, well, he, he logged one pass deflection against Wolfville in the end zone, now that I think about it. But um, And he did have a, a, a reception, I think, taken away because of a holding penalty. But... Um, I mean, he was phenomenal, right? And and he had to play 58 coverage snaps or something like that against the Texans. And, yeah, we've talked and to about not him allow a lot this year as far as um, he's just been so solid and so reliable that you forget he's there and no one talks about him. And he's he's almost getting no love and no recognition because it's such a set it and forget it, worry-free part of the field at yeah, this it's point. Yeah, it's the Namdi Asimo problem because he's not – He's not playing like Richard Sherman does, right, where he baits people to throw into his coverage right. and then grabs a pick or whatever, right? He's just like, yeah, we're going to play 10 on 10. <laughs> and win every time. And, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we're, I'm getting rid of this receiver. You're not going to think about me. We're playing 10 on 10. <laughs> and 10 on 10 is good for the defense. So, um, yeah, I think he's playing well. But, uh, you know, Adam Thielen and, and, and Justin Jefferson are both really great receivers. And they can win in contested catch situations a lot. And I think... A winning high-variance strategy is to test that out. I think is to take that risk because, again, if you don't take that risk, you're committing to playing safe, yep. and you're probably committed to losing by five. Um, you gotta, you gotta commit to the possibility that you'll lose by forty in order to commit to the possibility that you might win. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I think that throwing up a couple of contested catches and just letting Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage, you know see if they can win against, you know, the rookie and Adam Thielen and and having that play out. I think that's how the Vikings win or lose by a lot. But I think that's the strategy. <laughs> I like that. Some uh, four-dimensional chess. Um, that's the formula. Um, at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. Arif, um, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your post-nap afternoon, maybe eating shredded cheese out of a bag in front of an open refrigerator uh, <laughs> or whatever whatever loafing looks like in, in, in your household. And uh, I hope both teams have fun on Sunday. Be well, and uh, thanks again for joining us. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, that is going to do it for us this week. Packers, Vikings, one of those games that has blowout potential and somehow still annoyingly close game potential you never know let's hope for the former Uh, give us a rating on apple podcasts i say it a lot so maybe it just sort of washes over you guys but truly if you haven't done it before hit that five star button right quick it actually actually really does help the show patreon.com slash note nugs if you want to help us keep the lights on here we really 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 appreciate our patrons you guys rock Uh, all right bring on the vikings you guys be well enjoy the game enjoy your weekend and we will be back to schlitz to the wind immediately after the game to give our rapid reactions so until then go pack go